welcome back to another edition of the I'm Tired podcast. I'm your host, Grace Valentine. I'm an author, speaker, but most importantly, I'm a friend. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation I have with my friend Ketley. She is a ball of energy, Enneagram 7, as she would proudly say, and she just brings such great perspective to me, and I can't wait for her to bring that perspective to you. So today I have on one of my good friends. I guess we're good friends. Like, yeah, I guess, definitely. You know, we're I friends. I maybe Okay. <laughs> we'll decide after this. <laughs> I'm joking. She's, her name's Ketley. And so we met because she would serve in our student ministry here um, back when I was just an intern. And then she, I got to see her again before. And I remember I told her about the summer camp I went to growing up. And she ended up working there. Amazing. So I take full credit for Ketley going Please to Camp Crestridge. Um, I always tell everyone that. And so... But Ketley recently um, went to Egypt. Is that correct, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Is that Was that so weird? I guess when I think of Egypt, what I think about is like pyramids, camels, like, you know, like the little Egyptian dance. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, same here. When I got that opportunity to like present to me for the first time, um, it was more like a, like, what's in Egypt? Like, why? And the Wait, How did this opportunity even get presented? Okay, so it was a study abroad internship. And oh. I needed an internship for my school, for my, like, major um, youth ministry. And I I was an education major first, and the city abroad internship thing to go on is to go to Thailand. So that was my whole plan. Switch my major. And Thailand, I've always wanted to go. It's, like, so cheap, apparently, but the flight's It is okay. beautiful. You've been? No, 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 no. Oh, they, oh, okay. they would advertise it to us all the time, and I'm like, oh, you're, oh like, looking girl. at the pictures, you're like, waterfalls, elephants. Okay. Exactly. But, oh um, yeah, so when I switched majors, I was like, I want to, so I want to study abroad. Where should I go? So then my study abroad coordinator got wind of that, and she was like, Cairo, Egypt is this brand new um, program that I want to get started. You kind of be like the guinea pig. No one's ever been from this school <laughs> before. And like I'm sitting here like, mm, why not? Let's do it. Okay, let's go. And the whole time, my mother was freaked out the entire time. And she kept looking at me. She was like, Kelly, like, why Egypt, though? And I'm like, well, why not? Like, let's just do it. Why not? You're like Hillary Duff. Why not? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Playing the background constantly. But yeah. it was completely crazy. And like even my mom coming in to the City Broad office with like this list of questions and all this stuff. Um, That's something my mom would do. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. She like went in like I'm a guns are blazing. I'm ready to go. And like my City Broad coordinator, she handled it so well. She was just like, hey, here's, you know, here's pictures of like where she'd be living. This is like her, you know, uh, itinerary, what she's going to be doing, all that stuff. And mom left. She was like, I guess you're going to Egypt. And I was like, wow. It's one of those things where I'm like, yeah. you don't really think it's real until like mm-hmm. your parents are like, yeah, you're going. And I'm like, oh, I'm going. Or even like you step off the plane and you're like, now I am in Egypt. It's I like am. Such a weird both plane rides there and back was like, I like describe it as like purgatory. Yeah. It was like weird. <laughs> I don't know what time it was. I was always So for tired. those who don't know what purgatory is, it's like what uh, some religions believe is like the in-between heaven and this world. Yes. And so not all religions believe that of like Christianity, but a lot of, some religions do. And so, but that's such a funny expression. It's to like an in-between. <laughs> it was so, because it was like super long, what, like 20-something hours, and I was like waking up and is it daytime? They're feeding me breakfast? I thought it was like two in the afternoon. Like what is going on? So it was When you're amazing... on the plane, do they try to get you like adjusted to the new time, you know? No. No, they no. just go for you. Kind of just like, I mean, you have the time. They give you the time of like where, you know, you took off from. They give you the time from like where your destination yeah. is and that was it. But it's not like, well, since it's 7 a.m. in Egypt, you're going to eat breakfast. It's just like. No, just like, oh, well, you need to eat at this point. That's go for weird. it. 
But but when you got there, was it just like culture shock? Did you feel like? So it, yeah. when I got there, we had orientation and um, Miss Kristen, she's amazing. She was my mentor out there. She kind of like, she was super honest with us. She's like, hey, you guys, I want you to let you know, like, we're going to do this amazing um, scavenger hunt throughout Cairo. And I'm like, oh, so you're like letting mm-hmm. us go. Like amazing race or something. Literally like, the amazing race. <laughs> Different country running around. Ex- exactly. So I was like, okay, you know, we're doing this. Like, they're just like throwing us out there. Okay, wait, can I ask the dumbest question ever too? Okay, Egypt, Egypt speaks well. <laughs> They speak Arabic. Uh, Arabic. Okay. Not like, I guess I was about to say Egyptian. Egyptian. <laughs> 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 I was just trying to in my head think. I was like, she's in the taxi, like the amazing race, trying to get somewhere. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know so the language. So that was okay. great. Yeah, you're like, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So she said, um, hey, guys, I want to be honest with you, all this stuff. Cairo is an offense to the senses. And I was like, hmm? Like, what? Like, I want to, I don't want to hear that on orientation. And it was just really honest. Like, it was big city, so... Tons of cars, you know, everyone's honking. They don't really have a lot of stoplights. So, like, it's not, like, honking like they're mad. It's, like, honking, like, I'm hey, here. I'm, like, I'm here. I'm turning into your lane. Or, like, watch out. Someone's coming. It's they don't just... have blinkers or anything, probably. Mm, my goodness. I mean, they I have blinkers, but they just, but use, them, they just use, use them. It's just all honking. Um, So, they have that. That's, like, you know, how loud it is. And then the smell, it's super smoky. And then it doesn't look the prettiest at some times. And it was crazy, too, because um, you have, you know, it's dusty. There's like trash here and there, but then like you see like a G wagon just rolling by, like Mercedes Benz. And like, I was like sitting you? out at a coffee shop, you know, months in, like doing homework, and I look over and I'm like, "That's a Burberry? Is that is that Polo Ralph Lauren? Like, am I looking at Gucci right now? Like, they have like high end stores. Oh my god! But then there's like trash in the streets. Were and, the like, prices like low? No, the prices were actually more because it costed more to like ship it out to that oh, area. Were the yeah. stores busy? Did they have guards? Is there a sofa? Actually, there was like doormen everywhere. Okay. And here's the thing: like, this is why I kind of just got used to everything from like our American perspective to like go down a dark alley, seeing like cats and dogs running around. Like, there's trash in the streets. And there's doormen outside. Like, that sounds sketchy. Mm-hmm. But like, after a while, you understand like, okay, you know, the men are men are here to like protect. You know, the streets to watch the streets. They're here mm-hmm. to, like, park cars so, like, they're not, you know, you know trying to hurt you or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's streets. There's, like, dogs and cats run through the streets all the time. So, like, don't be freaked out of that. Yeah. And, like, there's trash everywhere. So, you just got to get used to it. So, like, understanding, like, bits by bits, like, yeah. after time, I just kind of got used to it. And, like, it didn't become yeah. scary. But, like, I would send videos of, like, oh, look at me. I'm, like, walking through the store right now. My friends are, like, it's, like, 9 o'clock at night. What are you doing walking around by yourself? And I'm, like, I just got hungry and picking up ice cream, like, whatever. And it's yeah. just... You just get used to that. So you're home at that point, you At know? that point, like, probably two months in. It, it was so funny. I was there for three and a half months. And my last month, I would finally say, like, this feels like home. It took me so well, such a long time to adjust. And by the time I was adjusting, it was time to, like, kind of adjust back yeah. to the U.S., so... That's that's weird to think about. It's, like, once you get used to the culture, then it's like, okay, go back to now the culture then. And then yeah. that feels like the shock, too. It was crazy, yep. Do you feel like you got opportunities to, like be, like, almost, like, do mission over there, too, even though you were there to study abroad. But, like, you're a Christian, obviously. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> it was really cool because that was, like, my internship. So, I was there with oh, okay. um, a missions training team over there. And basically mm-hmm. what they do, it's a two-year program. You learn Arabic. You learn, um, Christ- or, sorry, missiology, culture and context. So, you take, these all, take all these classes. But they like, also encourage you to go out into the streets and, like, talk to people, make friends and all this stuff. So, like... I'm sitting here like, okay, 
three and a half months, I have to like go to the pyramids and go visit Alexandria and do all this stuff. And then I have to go evangelize and talk to people about Jesus. I have to do all this stuff in like three and a half months. And it got like super stressful. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. God, you're just going to like intervene. You're just going to like lead me like wherever you yeah. want to go. Like you'll just like kind of just lead me to the people you want me to talk to. That's going to be great. I'm excited. And after a while, it kind of just became so natural. I, I mean, Egyptians are so friendly. I don't know if really? it was because I was American. See, I just went to New York and no one's friendly. (laughs) So It was crazy. Like, everyone just, I I honestly feel like it was because, like, oh, she's American. She speaks English, you know. Mm -hmm. English is kind of like And they want to practice Exactly. They want to practice their English with you, so they're, like, always ready to talk to you in English. But I got a chance to, like, make a couple friends. Um, I got, like, you know, I went to this one coffee shop. Have you heard of Caribou Coffee? This sounds so familiar. It's weird because I'm not a coffee drinker, but okay, our producer Jimmy is nodding his head, so yeah. it's obviously a thing. It's a thing. He's like, yes. Yeah, he was pretty eager about that. Okay, I never heard of it before, and it was in Egypt. It was in Cairo. It was my first time having it. It yeah. was in Cairo, and I'm like, oh, this is like good. So it's like a little bit of like America, but like so, mm-hmm. Egyptians were like all over this place, like served it all that stuff. So I got to um, meet with the baristas every day, like hang out with them. They like yeah. learn my name and all that stuff. So I would kind of like make that like a meeting point. Like, hey, every time I like made a friend one of my good friends, Selma, we met every other day. And it was so cool talking to her because she just, she was like a, you know, traditional Muslim woman. But, Mm. like, she had such uh, a curiosity about, like, Americans and Mm -hmm. Christians and, like, how we live out in the West and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, And you probably had curiosity about her, too. Exactly. And, like, that, like, allowed for this space for us just to be honest with each other. Like, we, I told her, like, hey, if you want to ask me anything, like, don't feel shy. Like, just go for it. She was like, okay, like, I'm glad because I want you to do the same thing with me. So um, we started talking. She's a English literature major, so she's oh exact right. It's crazy. Like so she's, she's learning smarter on English than me. Basically, oh, yeah. like she she was showing me her homework, and I'm like, I don't know the difference between. I don't. There was this one assignment she had. She had to like, I don't know what they call it. Basically, dissecting English words and finding out like mm-hmm. their origin and all that stuff. And I'm like, I've never had to do that in my entire life. Nope. Yeah. No, and if I did, I don't remember. Yeah, origins. <laughs> exactly. So. She loved to, like, you know, practice her English with me. And so she was, like, one day she was, like, listing off all the books she wants to read. And she's, like, going on and on. She's, like, I just want to read the Bible. And I was, like, yeah? The Bible? She's, like, I mean, yeah. Like, I just want to know what, like, the big fuss was about. I'm, like, or the big fuss. (laughs) like, okay. Like, let's do that. So an end at that point. I love that. And, like, the team I was with, they have, like, this whole library full of, like, Arabic literature to kind of, like, give out to Mm -hmm. our our Arabic-speaking friends. And um, among that literature, we had an Arabic Bible. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have an Arabic Bible for you. Like, I want to give it to you. So cool. She's like, okay, sweet. And I can give you a Quran. And I was like, um, I actually already have one in the apartment. And, like, the apartment that we had, it was, like, the girl intern. So we've collected so many books after a long time. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really going to use it. But, like, I technically do already have it. Yeah. How about you just, like, you take the Bible and we'll go from there. She's like, okay, that's going to be great. All that stuff. Uh-huh. So I give her the Bible the next time we meet, and, like, that opens up a whole bunch of, like, questions and all this stuff. And, um... Would were... she start from Genesis? Is that what she did? Or Well, like, she just kind of... I don't know. Like, for example, she read, she was reading Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Like, just out of enjoyment. And I'm like, well, you just love, like, big, wordy books. And my thing was, like, even for us Christians, reading the Bible yeah. is a lot. So. And she's, like, eager to. Like, exactly. And it was, like, I don't know where she wanted to, like, jump in. Like, do you want to, like, learn more about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, are we doing more of a, you know, timeline type thing? So we're kind of just, like, talking about what's the point of, like, 
reading scripture and memorizing scripture and I'm like, you know, kind of like sliding in some Bible verses without actually like, oh yeah, write in a tablet of your hearts, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, that makes so much sense. And like part of like the Islam culture is they have to like memorize the Quran. And, um, dang. Yeah. So I That's was like, like, not like we memorized John three sixteen. No, call like, it a day or like front to back, like cover to cover, memorize the entire oh my thing. Gosh. And I was like, oh, it's kind of similar in like the Christian context, like what we like want to memorize it and like for the pure fact of like you know applying it to our daily yeah. language. You don't have to. You have the grace of God, but like it's such a good thing to help you combat like, exactly life's problems when you have scripture to back it up. Exactly. And she was like, oh, that's so awesome. So like you use it with the intentions of like speaking about it. And she's mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. She's like, okay, that's that's so interesting because I have friends who just like memorize the Quran, but they don't don't apply to their lives. I'm like, wow. Let me tell you about some Christians that I know. Let me tell you about like yeah. some days where I don't like yeah. apply, you know, verses that I've memorized to my own life. Well, something I've noticed, like the big difference between a lot of religions and ge- the big difference, like one of the main differences, is the idea of grace and like mm-hmm. the idea of you don't have to, like you don't. That's it, however, does it make your like faith more real? Like it's a reflection. Like it's like a like a, sorry, I'm trying to think of the word. Like, you know, you get a doctor, you get hit in the knee, and then, like, you kick. You know, it's like. A reflex. And a reflex. That's the word. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Okay. And, but, and you don't have to read it, but you get to. And people who are Christian, it's not like it's, like, as dutiful as, like, it is for Muslim culture or mm-hmm. other cultures. Like, there's so people who, like, will believe that and then not yeah. live it out. But there's so much room for grace for us because it's all about love. But definitely. It's, it's interesting because their idea of grace, um, I love it. She was talking to me. She was asking, like, yeah, you know, what we see Hollywood to be, that's how we think, like, all American Christians live. And I was like, hmm? Mm-mm. Like, in, like, big houses like, and stuff? Like, no, like, how Hollywood, like, how Hollywood puts out movies. Every single movie Hollywood puts out, like, you know, American movies, that's how they think every single. So, what single... was one she seen? Oh, gosh. It, what was it? She I'm just now going to some... picture if my life was this movie. It's, it's, it's not the Like, are we great. talking about High School Musical, or are we talking about... It's, like, about... every single Hollywood movie, like, from, like, American Pie to, like, oh High School Musical, God. but, yeah, and I'm, like, oh, no, not exactly. And they take that as a reflection of Christianity, because they believe Americans mean Every, yeah, every American is Christian. Oh, exactly. That sucks. <laughs> and I'm, like, <laughs> we're doing oh, a really great job. <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. So, like, their idea of grace is, like, oh, they can do anything they want, so they do anything they want, because Aww. they're God is going to forgive them, which is, like, you're, like, kind of halfway there, but... It's, like, the worst relationship ever. I yeah, like, and, you like... You wouldn't do that with, like, a marriage or a boyfriend or girlfriend. Right? So he's, he's crap. He's doing whatever he wants. Like, that's the beautiful part about being a Christian. It is, like, a normal relationship because you're living life with them. You're talking to exactly. them. It takes communication daily. Like, how many people break up because of bad communication? Like, a lot. A lot, <laughs> right? And oh so it's, gosh. like, sitting with us in our faith, like, you can easily, without realizing it, break up with the Lord because you weren't communicating with him. Like, you weren't yeah. inviting him into your everyday. Exactly. And, like, That's that interesting. idea of freedom is, like, kind of different from both ends. Yeah. Like, we, we have this freedom to, like, you know, sometimes we have a bad day, like, kind of turn our backs towards God. But, like, he has that love that, like, never ending. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to, like, bound you to me. I'm not going to, like, force you to love me. But yeah. that's the idea of freedom. Like, there's freedom in this love that he gives mm-hmm. us. Um, and it's so interesting because, I mean, I was, like, breaking off, like, all these weird stereotypes that she had. And, like, um, it was just – she was just so intrigued. And, I'm, like, I'm glad I, I got to, like, share my perspective yeah. with you. Because that's just, like, it was just common knowledge. It was just common knowledge for them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, interesting. Something I never knew about. 
But yeah, it was amazing. Had she ever met a Christian before? Yes, she Uh had. She was telling me. So I gave her my Bible. She was telling me that like she has you know Christian friends, but they don't talk about it as freely as that that I did. And as freely? Yeah, because I mean we were like out in the open in coffee shop. Like I had a Bible. Like I had my own Bible because I would go to this place you know kind of do my quiet time all the time. And like I remember I was texting a friend and I was she was asking what I was doing. I'm like oh I'm just you know having some quiet time um, at Caribou and she's like. Like, out in the open? I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Trust me. Like, there are Christians here, too. But for them, like, or from her perspective, her friends specifically, mm-hmm. like, they're not as open because of their because they're afraid, like, of persecution out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, the exact extent of what happens, but they're just not as, like, uh, ready to, like, go and, like, yeah. share the gospel or go and, like, you know. Yeah. Well, it's easy for us as Americans to be, like, Okay, you're called to do that, and you are called to do that. Mm-hmm. But like, man, if I was in a culture where you get persecuted, at the end of the day, none of us would know till like you're there, you know. Which yeah. I mean, you know, because you went there. But you know, like, I like I've never been to a country, like, an Arabic country, where Muslim is the main religion, and walked in with my Bible. Like, I can only imagine if you live there and that's your everyday, like, and you hear stories all the time, like the fear that you may have. However, obviously, the Lord. I pray for all those Christians who are over there that do step up because they have such a great, like, they have the truth with them. Like, you know, oh they goodness, can do yes. so many wonders in ministry. It won't be easy, but, like, God has planted them for a reason there. And yes. So I would hope that they would unleash how beautiful it can be to share the gospel. Oh, my goodness. And the one thing that they, like, really just pushed on us was our abiding time, like, our quiet time. Like, mm-hmm. we really have to What's well, cool because that started the conversation in general. Like, exactly, it wasn't right? Like, it wasn't like you went up to her and go, so have you heard of Jesus? Like, right? you know, like, you were just doing your own thing. You were having your relationship with Jesus. And then she saw that, and she wanted to be your friends. And I think that's the most beautiful part about ministry. It doesn't always look like knocking on doors, and it doesn't always look like flying on the plane and – going somewhere sometimes it's literally just planning yourself at a coffee shop and saying like lord bring who you want to bring you know and then you meet a friend and then you know a story and you get perspective and an opportunity to share a bible with someone honestly it was crazy because she goes on oh yeah so i gave her the bible and we're going Mm -hmm. on about like scripture and stuff and it was so cool because she i'm like going on and on and on and she stops me she's like you know what you have you know what you have and i'm like what she's like i'm gonna mess up this word promise but she's like you have chamis and I'm like, what? And she's like, you have chamis. Like, she does the whole, like, throat thing. And I'm like, chamis, right? And I'm like, what? And she's like, okay. I don't know how to describe it. So she goes on her phone. She has, like, this Arabic to English dictionary. And she, like, types it in. And, like, it comes up with, like, several different English words. And she gives it to me. And it's, like, fire, power, spirit. And I'm like, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. So it was, like, super cool for her to see and understand, like, I didn't have to outright pusher or like kind of like even lead lead her to this whole idea but it was like the more I was just doing life with the Lord like living in in his you know quiet time those silent moments Mm -hmm. lingering in his presence all that stuff he allowed like kind of paved the way for like me to meet these people and then for them to like me not even say anything about the Holy Spirit but for her to be like you know you have this thing yeah I don't know how to pronounce it I don't know how to say it in, in English but this is what it is and I'm like you have the eyes to see yeah. it. Like, let me kind of, like, take fact, your hand so and that, bring you that's over. That's her acknowledging the Holy Spirit exists, too, which is, like, a cool part. Like, And they don't really believe in the Trinity, which is crazy, because it was one of those things where, where and for them, they think that Christianity, for her, honestly, Believes more than one God, right? Um, like- no, actually, they kind of, they don't really see much of a difference between Christianity, because they're like, oh, they're both Abrahamic religions. Um, we believe in Jesus. We believe in Moses. We believe in Abraham. 
we're kind of the same. But then you're like, mm, not mm-hmm. really. The Trinity, you know, virgin birth, you know, the resurrection, all that stuff. So, like, started, like, yeah, throwing that all, yeah. all those differences. And then that was one of them that, like, she didn't really understand was the Trinity. Because her idea was, like, that's, you know, multiple gods. Like, what do you mean? We're yeah. one god. And how do you go into that in, like, a coffee shop? So I kind of steered more towards, like, the idea of, like, you know, what he, what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. And, like, mm-hmm. that feeling that, you know, trying to be as, like, broad as possible. Yeah. Well, because it's even like, and I was joking with this on another episode where I remember this little kid kept asking me all these like simple questions about the gospel. And it was almost so hard for me because I was used to like bigger questions. And yeah. so then it's like when you actually go break it down to the beginning, like, okay, yes, we need Jesus because we sin, but what is exactly sin? Like that's sometimes the hardest part is the simplicity of our need and, yeah. and our brokenness before we were redeemed. And so yes. I bet, like, even in a whole different culture, it's, like, you had an opportunity to simplify, simplify it and get, like, okay, what's the most important part? Like, what does God want her to know? And then mm-hmm. breaking it down step by step. And that can be hard. It can be super hard. And even, like, throwing it back to camp, like, um, one of the main questions I had or I got from my campers um, was, like, you know, you say that, like, we're sinful. Like, how am I bad? Like, what, am I mm-hmm. doing bad things? And you had, like, 10-year-olds, right? So yeah. Like, so, yeah. like, how do I convince a 10-year-old, like, you're, 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 you're not evil. bad. Like, like you're evil. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Like, you know, you're not... when you lie to your mom, it's okay because God forgave you. <laughs> exactly. And I'm, like, trying to, like, get them to understand, like, this I- grand idea of sin and then even grander idea of grace to a 10-year-old. Yeah. And some of them kind of just, like, got it, like, okay, that was it. But then I had this one girl, I just sat on the porch with her and she was, like, going in. And I'm, like, it's 11 o'clock at night. We have to be Yeah, you're, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, like, I don't want to leave this conversation. It's too good. But, like. Let's pick it up tomorrow, type thing, and it's just some, one of those things where it's kind of like a check mark of like how how much do I know? Like, yeah. can, can I do this again? Because I mean, we had four different sessions, so I'm like, yeah. at this point, we're good. I'm gonna get this You're session so again. You're so emotionally drained because yes. at, at our, the camp that Ketley worked at, that I also worked at, like you have these one on one talk with campers, and there's so many great moments you have, but there's also moments when you're asked, and I had like. 16-year-olds where they would ask questions or 10-year-olds, they sometimes ask the hardest questions. Yes. Um, and then you don't know what to say and you feel like this, you're like just a college student. You know, you're just like, <laughs> right? you know, like let me know when you figure it out. Like, and I remember I did that yes. to my ca- my counselors too. I remember I sat one of my counselors down when I was like 13 and I asked her every question and still to this day, I like will never forget the intentionality. And like, I don't even remember her answers, but I remember the fact that someone sat there and defended Christ for two hours for yeah. me and was an older girl I thought was cool. And like some Sometimes that's like the main point of it all, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. It is crazy, and I love you know the the challenge of it. Yeah, and like sometimes and sometimes you feel like God's strength when you're the most tired when you're doing those emotionally journey things when you're flying to Egypt and talking to a woman who's never had a Bible before about Jesus. Like that is when you sometimes you're so drained out on the and that is not always a great feeling, but it allows you to see how beautiful it is that God can fill you up again. And that oh, it's not it's not the amount of sleep you get. At the end of the day, I highly recommend getting eight hours of sleep. <laughs> but at the end of the day, our joy and our energy comes from straight Jesus. And he does that. Also, so Ketley, you're, uh, this is, I'm just going to say it, like you're, you're black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably can't tell from over the podcast. Yeah, but. you can't tell. Um, and so I think right now, like just the way America's going, like there's so much talk about like race and like, um, obviously I have viewers in both. I have viewers who are African-American or maybe in another country. Um, and I have viewers who are white, mixed, etc. But what is something that you would like, like to tell me as a white woman that you feel like is so important about a conversation about race? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, no. Okay. I can go. Okay. So like 
It's super cool and this is like perfect. Like creating that space mm-hmm. for allowing not only like black people, just like minorities to talk. Because mm-hmm. I feel as though a lot of the times um, we're like kind of given, oh, this is what this is what this minority thinks because this is what the news said. This is what, you know, this minority thinks because this is what um, this Facebook post says. Like, this is, I feel as though, like, a lot of times I'm being told of, like, what black women are thinking, what black women are feeling. And I'm, like, sitting there and I'm, like, like, you may be correct, but let me speak for myself type thing. And it's hard, too, because sometimes it can be coming from such a great place. And I understand, like, I have a lot of great, like, white friends who are so, 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 so curious. And, like, first first thing I want to say is, like, please stay curious. Please, like, mm. do your research. Please, like, allow your um, people, like, friends of color to, to talk. Yeah. Ask them these questions because a lot of times, like, they're thinking about it. It's always in the back of their head. And it's so funny, too, because um, I, when I was in Egypt, like, it was a very interesting concept for, like, um, a lot of the Egyptians to understand, like, oh, you know, we're used to seeing, like, white people here. And, like, for, for them, if they saw a white person, it's like, oh, you're from America. For me, it was, like, are you from Sudan? Because, like, the Sudan mm-hmm. was, like, right there. And they're, like, thinking, like, you're not dressed as a, a Sudanese woman, but you're from America. And I'm, like, yeah, because I would start talking, and they're, like, oh, you're definitely from America. Yeah, you're, like, a stereotype. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah. So um, it was just interesting because, like, that's something I keep in the back of my mind all the time. And when I was, again, sitting down with my study abroad coordinator long before I left, I, sat, I was honest, and I was, like, hey, like, is there anything – like, is there any type of, like, racial issues in Egypt that I should know about? Because I did not know anything about yeah. what it is to, like, travel abroad being black. And she was like, not that I know of. I went and I saw many people from different, like, different backgrounds. And, like, yes, I did too. But a lot of the times, like, they were um, they were Sudanese or they were Nubian. And it was really cool. That was one of my favorite parts about Egypt is that I was in Cairo, which is, like, central Egypt. Mm-hmm. And um, Aswan is south of Cairo, but it's kind of called Upper Egypt. But, um, so these Aswani women, they're, like, darker toned. And I would always see them, like, walking around and all this stuff. And they're, like, beautifully like, dressed and all this stuff. And every time I would see them, I would always see them kind of, like, looking over at me. And I would kind of, like, after a while, I just got used to being stared at, so I would always smile back. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's this one group of Aswani women that came up to me. They're, like, we just, we saw you and we just had to come and say hi. And I was, like, oh, hi. And I didn't know what to do, like. Hello. Yeah. Yes. He's like, Ooh, well, yay. Hey, girl. Like, type thing. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what it was. Yeah, because she saw though. me and she was like, I had to ask, are you, are you a Swanee? And I was like, no, I'm just black. I'm just from America. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not that interesting. And she's like, oh, no, we saw you. We just had to, like, talk to you. It's, it's okay. You're like our cousin. I was like, You're yes, like our I'm, cousin. I'm I love your that. cousin. I'm coming home. I'm home. She's like, oh, please, <laughs> come home. visit us, Swan. If you ever want to visit, you have a place oh to stay. Gosh, and I'm like, that's so cute. I've been here for five minutes. And I'm already like, what? And it was just super cool because, again, like, I'm going to go completely off topic for a second. But that got me thinking of, like, these women aren't used to seeing people of color out on the missions field. Like they're, they, they got the idea, like, okay, if you're white, you're from Europe, or you're from America, mm. whatever. Like, you know, at this point in Cairo, this team has been there for a while. Um, so it's like, okay, so what, you're going to talk about Jesus now because you're white and you're American. Yeah. But for them to be like, oh, you're black and you're American and you're talking yeah. about Jesus too? Like, oh, they're not like, you know. 
but it, it's weird like something but it was that, like, okay. It, it starts curiosity. And it's, you're going against, like, what the stereotype is of a typical American missionary. Exactly, and I think, yeah. And that gives you a tool that others may not have. And a, a bridge that you have because you obviously had a face that made them want to talk and start a conversation. And at the end of the day, like, that is our main goal. And there's so many times I've even noticed in my life, at the end of the day, like, when I have a conversation with um, and I work at a youth group that's really diverse, and I have to always pray for the opportunity for the Lord to bridge barriers all the time. Because when there's a girl who is from Brazil and her dad cannot get through immigration, I have no relatability to that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they know that. They look at me and they see this is a white girl who was once an authority in Texas. Like, what can she do? And I have to work wonders to bridge that gap. But there's mm-hmm. also, like, other ways around. So it's such a cool tool and such a needed thing that we have to have women like you, Kelly, who are willing to be, like, go across the country to take away a stereotype and to bridge gaps that I couldn't do. And not it's not because God couldn't make me able to do it. It's just because you were given a gift that I don't have. Does that make sense? That makes 100%. Like, because I had to do some research about that. Because after that day, I was like, well, they're not used to this. Like, I that's something I never thought about. Like, when I yeah. would go on mission trips. And did you grow up in a prominently, like... Like, did you grow up in a commonly, like, African-American or mixed community? Or did you grow up in, like, a prominently white, you know, like... Cambridge, Massachusetts? I don't... Yeah, that sounds prominently white. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, yeah Cambridge, yeah. yeah. I, like, I didn't want to, like, jump big into that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, it was just interesting because, like, I, I always know that I'm one of two or, sorry, one of mm. five or I'm the only black person in the room. I always know that. I'm always aware yeah. of that. And you can ask any other minority, like, oh, you can ask them right in the moment, how many, if you're Asian, how many Asian people in this room, they automatically know. Because it's like this sense of, like, I am, yeah, you know, just, just like those, man Just those women who saw you and they looked at you. Like, exactly. You, know, you like, noticed she, ra- she saw me. She was like, oh, there's another one of us. We have to go talk to mm. her. And it blew my mind because it was so cool that I didn't have to do anything. I did not have to do a thing, but because that barrier was didn't even exist. Um, and I started doing research, like, I, yeah, said that already. I started doing research, and I was looking into how many, like, people of color are on the mission field. And they were saying, there's one, I think, from the Southern Baptist Conference, or not Southern Baptist Conference, Southern Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the missionaries, like, the IMBG, something, something like yeah. that. International yeah. Mission Board. Of around, like, what, 4,000 missionaries that are on the field, like, 27. <gasps> 27. Not oh 2,700. 27. That's actually, like, that's a ratio that makes me want to barf. Like, <laughs> yeah, I read that, and I was, like, I was, like, reading it, and it was at the end of the sentence. I'm, like, thinking, yeah. like, oh, 270? Like, no, just 27. Yeah. And I was, like, oh. Like, why is that? Like, why aren't there more people of color that are, like, kind of, you know, wanting to go out in the mission field? And it's crazy that um, a lot of the times I feel as though, I mean, I didn't even notice this. When I would go on mission trips, like, I was probably one of the only black person on the trip. And when I, I went to Haiti twice, and when I would go, like, I am Haitian as well. So when I'd go, I would, like, be the translator or be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm here doing, you know, trying to, like, bridge in the gap of, there's, they just said this, or, like, they're joking about this, they're joking about that. But, and it's a gift that, like, a lot yeah. of people of color, like, don't know that they have without just, like, being born into that. Yeah, and so needed in our times, especially, whether, even in America, like, the idea of someone, um, and I don't know the ratio for that, but I think... American, like, doing missionary missions in America in general, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's so important because we're in a time, we're trying to get kingdom culture. The kingdom isn't just white people. It isn't just going into, like, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong. Like, I, a lot of my viewers are white sorority girls. Like, nothing wrong with that. I'm one, too. You know, mm-hmm. just how it works. But there's something, the kingdom doesn't look like that. The kingdom yeah. doesn't look like 
a sorority. It doesn't look like everyone who looks the same. And I remember I even got to the point in my Baylor when I was in college, and I was like, okay, I'm my friends are all like blonde white girls, and that is that's bad. Like at the end of the day, Baylor isn't all blonde white girls, but somehow I picked all these friends, and like they all look like me. So I took a class called Gender, Race, and Media. Um, for PR and man, I like that class was the most diverse. I was that the I was the so only white. Awesome. It was so cool and it was important for me to learn as someone who has been given privilege and also like learning about my own gender too. Like me as a woman, like when I feel like things are not like I don't have a place at the table, you know. And there's mm. times that we feel like that, like whether it's because of your skin color or whether because of your gender or maybe even like there are times. And I'm not saying like I'm like there's times when males don't feel like they have a place at the table too, and that, that shouldn't be the case in any regard. And so when I took that class, I remember I was sitting next to this girl. She's a lower-income African-American girl, like, upbringing. And then she said she was pansexual. And I'm like, I'm this girl. I was, like, grew up in the – I was like, what's pansexual? Like, tried to Google it. It's <laughs> like something about it. And then finally she was like – I was like, can I just ask you what pansexual is? Like, I don't mean that in, like, a bad way. I just – I want to learn. Like, you yeah. know? And I'm not saying that's, like, okay. And, like, I'm not going to go into, like, a discussion on, like, you know, like, sexuality. But – it starts with a question, and she was like, no, yeah. thank you for asking. Like, I like when people ask. Like, don't feel like you have to Google everything. Like, talk yeah. to face-to-face. And oh, I feel yeah. like that's something so important in our relations, to just be willing to ask her questions. Like, not saying that you don't see color. Like, I hate when people say they don't see color or they don't see gender. It's like, everyone's all the same. And I'm like, because you do. You're a human being. You have sin. Like, you see it. You but you have it. to be able to realize, like, the racism and the racist acts you do have in order to be able to grow to have a kingdom culture atmosphere. Yes. You catch what I'm doing? I love that you threw yourself in that, like, completely different context. Because I feel as though, like, we are just more, I don't know, we're comfortable around the people that we look like. I just, yeah. I know that. Yeah, and it's after, just how it works. Yeah, and we're just, you know, used to doing that, and it's okay. But after a while, like, it took you, you know, going to Baylor and, like, being around all these blonde sorority girls to be like, I need something different. And you threw yourself in that different context, and you learned a whole bunch, which I feel as though, like, is, like, the first, second, and third step, because, like, you can see and understand and honestly sit back and listen just like listen and just understand that you don't know all the answers and you yeah. don't know the perspectives and you will never know yeah. and like not speaking for other minorities not speaking for you know different people from different backgrounds is probably the best thing you can do mm. because it's like I love I love 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 the heart that um, some people have when they do that but when you do do that and like start speaking for other minorities and other backgrounds, other cultures, whatever, it's almost like you're telling them like I know more than you. Like be mm-hmm. quiet, I got this. And it's like yeah. no, like give them that voice, like give them that voice, give them that chance to finally stand up yeah. for who they are, finally mm-hmm. stand up and say like, hey, this is what I need to know. Hey, this is what you've been missing your entire life and you've yeah. never known, and it's not your fault. Yeah, like don't ever. And I I hate that. I hate that. Like when I finally get to sit down and talk to like my white friends and like you know the, the questions brought up. And they're just like, I'm sorry. Like, I know it's so uncomfortable. I know that it's, like, so, yeah. like, Even, like, I was texting her before this, and I go, is it okay if we talk about race? And then I was like, it's okay if not. I literally like, thought, I was so like, dumb. yes, let's do yeah. it. And I love it. I love the awkward. I love, like, yeah. the uncomfortable. The elephant in the room. Yes, almost. like, let's point yeah. at it. Let's just highlight it. Let's talk about it. Let's, like, point and scream at it. I love it because it gives us that chance to understand it, and it's, like, we're always thinking about it. So now mm-hmm. we're finally having that answer. We're finally getting, like, you know, some answers. Some And it starts with just going back to you at the coffee shop. It starts with just human, natural, like, interaction. It mm-hmm. doesn't start with knocking on the door and begging for it. It starts with friendship. You know, yeah. it starts with not just being consumed in your one isolated area because you're scared of how uncomfortable yes. it's going to be. It's You know, like, if you did that in Egypt, you wouldn't have gone anywhere in missions if you just sat in your house because that's the safest place to be Oh yeah. in Egypt. 
shift. You know, like you're willing to go do your quiet time. You're willing to walk around at 9 p.m., which don't really do that. I get to that. <laughs> don't do that. I'm a chicken. I watch too many Law and Order SVU. But um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. it starts with that. And I think that's cool. Do you feel like you've ever experienced, like, people who just, like, it's, like, you'll be friends, too, probably, right? Like, and they, like, finally say something about, like, the elephant in the room. Like, you're black. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, like, it's it starts with, like, just saying that out. Like, just saying it. Just throw it out there. Like, I know. You know. We all know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, this one time, camp, we were doing, like, a, it was a session break. That's the name. And I was on the phone with a friend. I was, like, driving around. I think I was doing some, like, errands or whatever. And I, it was late at night, and I was going back to camp. And I get a text or get a call from my VD and I see it. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I late? What did I do? So I answer it. And her village VD is her village director, so it's like her boss, I guess. Yes. Okay. So my my boss, and she's <laughs> oh gosh, she's she's like dying right now. I love it. Um, but she's calling me and she's like, hey, um, and I already felt the awkward. I already felt it. I was like, is this gonna be? And she's like, so do you know so and so? And she gives the name of uh little black, you know, younger camper. And she's here for, you know, two more weeks. And she's going on and she's saying how, oh, um, she's here for two more weeks and we need to wash your hair. And I just start laughing on the phone. And I'm like... <laughs> You're like, you know, every white girl oh, like, has no clue how to deal with black no hair. No clue. And I'm you like, sometimes know. I don't even know how to deal with my hair. Like, it's okay. <laughs> totally fine. And she's like, I, I, I'm so sorry. Like, we're at Vulcan. We're trying to figure out what brand is, like, good. Like, what does she need? Is there some type of, like, oils and this and that? And I was like, okay, we don't have to go that deep. But um, I just loved it. Like, she... We all knew. I was there for, like, what, probably two months now. Mm -hmm. I was, like, one of another black camp or counselor. So it was just, like, an honest question. And, like, of course she's going to call me. I do have more insight. But, like, that awkwardness, she had to, like, get over that Yeah, just do it. Because, like, you know, we have to figure out. We're taking care of this girl. And like, I love that she did it. She was just, like, straight up called you and goes, okay, you know what? Like, you're black. I'm sorry. Like, and nowadays people get scared, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it is. There's nothing wrong. And I feel as though, like, there's something, like, there's, like, a taboo, like, with the whole media push, with, like, all of these movements and names and yada, yada, yada. Um, it's, like, the, like, white, black. POC, um, or whatever, has this, like, connotation that just, like, brings, like, tension in the room. Mm. And it's like, you know what, it's it's gonna be there. Let's just talk about it. Because, like, that's what brings healing. That's what brings mm. understanding. And, I mean, if we want to, like, aim for this kingdom culture, we have to start at the beginning. And I feel as though a lot of the times, like, growing up, I mean, I'm looking at, like, the student ministry now, and it was not that diverse when yeah. I was a student. And so I work at the student ministry here at First Orlando, by the way, so that's what she's talking about. And it was so, and it's so cool. Like, every time I do come back, and I'm like, yes. Like, it's not only that yeah. I'm seeing African Americans, but I'm seeing a bunch of, like, you know. Brazilians. His, and, Brazilians. And, and white. Like, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, and not only that, but like. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I was watching y'all's Insta story the other day, and I'm like, yes, like there's there's like black leaders, like yes, yes that's so Gabby, amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh! Interns. Shout out, girl. Yeah, um, I love and Gabby. It's so awesome. cool because like for me, I didn't again did not know that I needed this, but like seeing someone that looks like you in leadership mm -hmm. does so much for those little oh. girls. It does yeah. so much for those little boys because they're looking at you and they're seeing a reflection of themselves. And I know I, as a woman, like, I don't even know it to the full extent that you know it, but mm -hmm. I, as a woman, like, when I see a woman in leadership or speaking, yes. it reminds me that I'm invited to the table. Oh, like, my gosh, That there yeah. is room for me and my thoughts matter. And so we forget that that's the same feelings that people of different uh, races also want to feel, you know? And so it's easy for me to think, okay, we're, I see women in leadership, blink, 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 I'm okay now, but... Is there, is there anyone African-American in leadership? You know, like, yeah. there's still so much room that we can grow as a country. 
at the same time, though, it starts with conversations and friendship. You know, yeah. none of that's going to happen unless you are willing to talk and listen to what other someone's perspective is. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so awesome that, um, I mean, that we are able to do so. Uh, there's, like, one thing. I remember there was one time I had a friend who was just, like, asking honest questions. And I love her to death. It was, like, what, back in high school, so forever ago. And she was asking an honest question. And it just came off very, like, it just came off rude. Like, honestly, it did. Yeah. And, like, I looked at her, and she was, like, she got, like, super, like, nervous. Like, I'm so sorry. Did I offend you? And I'm, like, gosh, like, you did, but I don't want to, like, stop you from asking those questions. And it's so hard because there's mm. so much terminology, and there's so much, like, you know, there's so yeah. many different there's ways so to, like, discernment offend. and wisdom. Exactly. That's a really good point because I'm over here, like, ask questions. Like, <laughs> someone's going to go home and, like, ask, like, the dumbest question ever. Like, use, like, your heart, too, I think, and empathize. And I empathize. And I think that when you have the Holy Spirit inside you and, like, you're doing everything prayerfully, like, you're going to have self-control and you're going to have discernment. Like, you Mm -hmm. know? And so... It just takes, like, an ear just, like, understanding, like, okay, I don't know all the answers. I want to know all the answers. But give me, like, the right question to ask. Like, I want to know why this is a thing. I don't know the terminology. Like, you can Mm -hmm. be as, like, honest as possible because, like, we see that and it's, like, you're obviously not trying to offend yeah. But I want to help you to understand. And I remember one time, and I, like, even, like, I can't relate fully. I'm going to keep saying that. But I know as, like, I once was asked when I was interning at another church, um, or a church in general, and it was, like, a pastor who asked me in front of all these people as a joke, like, what, like, how, oh, what walk of shame stories do you have, Grace? And I was literally like, you're kidding me. Like, I, and that's when I get insecure and I'm not, I'm just, as someone who, I get highlights and I'm, I'm blonde, but not this blonde. Like, you know, so it's like as a fake blonde, so still naturally blonde though, I just got to tell the people that. <laughs> but as someone who is a woman at a church thinking about ministry, like, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm embarrassed. Like, do people just look at me like this? Mm-hmm. And so that question, like, maybe he didn't mean it in, like, a malicious way, but I was hurt. Yeah. Um, and that took me a while to get over that. And I'm honestly, you can see there's some still salt here. So I'm still praying for, like, <laughs> forgiveness in that because it just, it really hurt me and affected the way I looked at ministry. And, like, luckily the Lord has given me so many tidbits and reminding me that I am invited. But also, like, if someone's not willing to invite you to the table and listen to you, like, just make your own table. Like, you know, oh, start yeah. something new. Invite other people, like, don't stop, don't, you don't have to push yourself into a table. If someone closes you off and says something offensive, like, you know, you have the power to walk away and be like, you know, I'm creating a new table and this will be an environment where everyone has room. And so, and I think that's so important for just the culture we live in. Yeah. So it's, um, it's definitely really interesting that you bring up the point of the table because a lot of times, I mean, my school, I go to Southeastern University, amazing, amazing culture there. Um, and the, one of, one of the years they emphasize like making room for the table and it's, it's sometimes really hard to like want to push yourself to every single table like mm-hmm. it's that's like impossible like I'm only one person I can be spread like yeah. you know, so thin like that's impossible and a lot of times like you know we're not invited like mm-hmm. it's not said but like obviously I'm not going to sit at this yeah. table that's not, I'm not going to feel welcomed at but when you do create that table you're you're like creating that space for people who have the same mindset like oh my gosh you've been thinking the same thing too like same here and like you're at you're actually like bringing this new space mm-hmm. that's this brand new culture that you didn't even know that everyone else was feeling. And now there's this unity and you're like, oh my gosh, now there's room yeah. to talk and room to understand. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that's so cool. Cause I think that's what like you can do obviously. And like, we all have the power to do that no matter your race, no matter your gender, whether you're male or female, like we have the power to be the person who's at the table, making room for other people and making sure that the table is something that's kingdom culture and not mm-hmm. just the culture you were grew up in. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And so I want to thank you so much for coming on. But I have one question I ask everyone when they're on. It's like, I guess it's my thing. I'm just <laughs> okay, it's, it's really not that great. Oh, buckle <laughs> up. Um, what is something, because the podcast is called I'm Tired, but what is something that is giving you life and energy these days? It can be something like, like I said in the past, The Bachelor starting soon. Uh, like, you know, it can be also like, I mean, it, I, I don't want to be like Jesus, but like if there was a cool God moment you had, like, mm. or it can be like the fact that like if you're going back to camp, I don't know, you know, it could be like anything. Oh my gosh. Goodness gracious. I hate to bring up the Enneagram because I'm oh, like, yeah. Enneagram No, we did a freak. whole another one on that. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I'm like a what seven. Are you? Okay, I'm, you're a seven. Yes. You're such a seven. You know seven? what I am? You're I'm a three. You told yes. me, right? You're yes, a three. Yes, I told you. I think, oh yeah, because you said on your... Dang, I want to know what people are. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And, like, when I first read The Sevens, I was, like, super, like, embarrassed. Like, I'm not the entertainer. That's so much pressure. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. And then I started reading, like, all the dark secrets of The Seven. I was like, mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So, like, part of The, the Sevens is yeah. they're, like, super adventurous. And they, like, love to, you know, going out and doing this, that, and the other Classic. thing. Classic. Went to Egypt. <laughs> right? And I was, like, literally reading about it in Egypt. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> like, in Egypt, are you planning other trips? Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Calm down. Be where you're at. But with that whole, like, idea of the seven, with, like, deal with myself, and honestly, deal with, like, you know, the Christian life, you know, God's will he has for you. He's given you so much freedom. He's given me and, like, us so much freedom to, like, do these crazy God adventures. And I always get a question, like, what's next after Egypt? And Mm -hmm. I literally, like, sit there and, like, stare at that person because I'm like, God brought me to Egypt, but I didn't even know about that. Like, I have no yeah. idea what's next at this point. Like, he can bring me back to Egypt. He can bring me, like, you know, somewhere else across mm-hmm. the world. But, and I think that's what's, like, giving me so much, you know, yeah. life and so much excitement for, like, the next step. Because I literally have no clue yeah. <laughs> what the Lord has for me next. And I always say, like, every time people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, that's the best place to be. Like, yeah. just continue to have your hands open to whatever the Lord has for you. Because mm. as soon as you have that, you get, you release yourself of all these ideas of what you think your life's going to be, these ideas of um, what you want your life to be, it gives the Lord room to move. Yeah. And no, that's such a good point. Oh yeah. I love that. Possibilities are endless, my friends. Definitely. It really is. Adventure has been actually, I think it's, that's my, my word of the year. I'm still deciding. <laughs> Last year was consistent because I was not consistent in life in general. <laughs> and this year I'm like, that's it. I was consistent. Time for adventure. Time for adventure. <laughs> I've, I've graduated I to it. it. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's time to go to that. But I think for me, something that's given me life these days, I love answering this every part. No one ever asked me, but I asked myself. <laughs> hey Grace, so what's, what's like giving you, uh, giving uh, you life oh, these stop, days? Kelly. Thanks for asking. Um, is probably just as silly as it sounds, like cheesy quotes. Like, you know, when you're like, like that Morgan Harper, you know, that whatever. MHN. Oh, yeah. I know. And then, um, because, so I had like the worst day ever. Like, got a wreck with someone who doesn't have insurance. I found out. Like, great. Uh, like, that's fun. fun. So I'm going to have to pay a lot of money and because my deductible's high. And then uh, my luggage got lost. And like, oh, I saw like a fun. quote recently. Like, yeah, I still can't find it three days later. Like, at you Southwest. Like, I'm ready for like a free trip now. Like, you know? <laughs> Um, but anyways, I would say, like, I saw, like, a quote, and it was, like, it's a bad day, not a bad life. And I started, like, crying myself. <laughs> I'm joking. That's so dramatic. But seriously, that quote, like, gave me life. Like, it really inspired me. <laughs> so that is my inspiration of the day. I love it. Oh, my goodness. It's so great. I know. It's okay. We all we all have different things. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yes. A good but cry is necessary. I Trust know. me. It's, like, of the little thing. I don't have to put it in perspective. But thank you so much for coming, Ketley. You're just Anytime. such a joy. And so thank you for bringing your story. You always have room at my table. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Same here, girl. Same okay. here. Anytime. Anytime.
Thank you so much for joining us today on the I'm Tired podcast. Wasn't Ketley just the greatest? I had so much fun with her, and I know y'all did too. If you liked today, or if you hated it, you know, whatever you want to do, please like and subscribe. And I guess if you didn't like it, you won't. But you get the point. And give me a rating. I would love five stars, just like you give your Uber driver. So do that right now. That'd be the best New Year Christmas life gift that you could have given me, even though it's way past then. So have a nice day.